0: Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Every, a leading supplier of gaming entertainment products and technology solutions for the casino and digital gaming industry.
1: Hey, Boss Lady, that's right, I'm talking to you. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. And in this episode of Hey, Boss Lady, we're going to talk about the boss lady within us all.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to see that it's there. Most
1: of us don't start out with our career paths expecting to be leaders or know that we're leaders. That's right. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, finding our inner boss lady. And Andrea, we're going to start with how it happened for you.
0: (sighs) Well, you know, Christy, you could read this whole bio about me, and I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing in that bio that from day to day was what I thought I was going to be doing 40 years ago when I started out. There's just nothing. Really? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing about being an applied positive psychologist actually dumped into my lap when in the early 2000s, the world was crushing around me. And God knows those husbands of ours. he sent me a little email from Marty Seligman. For somehow or other, he was on the mailing list, not me. And he said, I think this may be something you're interested in. And I already had my doctorate. I already been, you know, doing this for a lot of years. And I was like,
1: I don't
0: want to do anything else. And that one email forwarding, which I ignored initially, Mm -hmm. but not the second time he sent it months later, has changed my life. So did I know, you know, in 73, when I graduated high school and went to secretarial school, that, oh, I want to be this when I grow up. Heck no. So you don't have any
1: recollection of what you wanted to be when you were little? Well,
0: I will back up a little bit. When I'm playing on my stoop on 110th Street, I was always forming clubs.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I had a monkey club. I I always was buying office supplies. I loved offices like... Crazy loved offices. I love. That's to, funny. I, yes, no. I mean, like when you know we get to interview all these incredible women. Like you know, one of our more recent podcasts with with Tiffany R. Warren when she was at such a young age, she knew. I remembered, you know, like I didn't think I want to grow up and be president in 1970. Yet, you know, well, no, excuse me, that would be in the late 50s, early 60s. I wasn't. There was no front of mind understanding of any of that for me. Um, And even as I progressed into high school in the 70s, I was relatively conservative. And I thought the burning bra crap was a bunch of burning bra crap. Really? Yes. And uh, the ERA, as presented, you know, it has only been in the last three years that I understood what was wrong? So, like, when I look back on my career, yeah, I can see the moments things happened, mm-hmm. and keeping notes and journals, as I suggest everyone do, uh-huh. that's a really integral part of my life. And I would say, you know, today with this conversation between you and I, the thing that I care the most about is that. You and I have spent a lot of time in the last 3 years bringing forward incredible mm-hmm. incredible women. Really. And it can be intimidating as hell just to interview them. True. <laughs> right? True. I mean like gosh, when I think about, you know, heart transplant specialists and, you know, who's creating ad companies while they're working their full-time jobs. I mean, I've been exhausted just listening to some of the incredible stories. And there's all of our listeners that may be thinking that, oh, these are conversations about other women, Mm -hmm. because I haven't quite done enough yet. Right. And I really wanted us to have a conversation today about, oh, no, no, just like gratitude, you notice by noticing every flower on the curb, there is a boss lady in every one of us, and it just takes those moments to really embrace it. And then go forward and do a different action.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like I think of you know the things that I've accomplished, and I think people say it best when they say life is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes, Um, because there is lots of little sprints, like even just getting ready in the morning to get here. (laughs) (laughs) But the fact is, is they add up, and then you know you. There's some things that have taken me years to do. Correct. Um, you know, like I have a coloring book that I wanted published, and right. I'm not kidding you. It has taken me 15 years to do the thing and actually get it published, um, but so, it's done. Yes. Well, and and therein lies, you know. So when I think back on where it
0: all started for me, yeah, you know, I can tell stories about those little parts of my life and sitting on my stoop and realizing that there were certain characteristics. Um, I remember distinctly the characteristic when honesty became really important to me hmm. um, and how that evolved and has continued to evolve in the VIAs, the values in action that I try and right. shove down everyone's throat, you know? But there is also this uh, appreciation at this moment in time that I absolutely didn't have back in 73 when I graduated high school or 74 when I graduated secretarial school. Everything had to happen immediately or it wasn't fast enough. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That, and that's, you know, I am very type A. I am extroverted. And that has now, those characteristics are part of what I've trained down. So the boss lady I am today is a much more useful ah. person than I was. Um, 40 years ago, for sure. I, I mean, if, if my own, and I, I don't mean that I was horrible, I just had a way of being that was more personality-driven mm. than actually front of mind, and I think that's the luxury of the generations coming up and like yourself, like when I watch, you know, the 10, 15 years between us and how you've evolved your career and your family life, so distinctly different, so distinctly different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have learned a lot over the years. <laughs> um For sure. And I feel like it's taken me, you know, into my late 40s to really find my voice. Yes. My full voice. Yes. And um, that was a marathon in itself because I have always been very Mm soft-spoken and very kind of compliant Mm -hmm. and very easy to get along with. Right. And then in my late forties, I started feeling stronger and feeling really wanting to be heard and expecting right. it. Right. And you know, I'm kind of proud of that. Yes. Yeah. And and I think you know, I I mean, good for you that it was in your forties. I
0: mean, that open. I would say my forties. 40s, 40s, <laughs> I, <would say.
1: laughs>
0: I will tell you that for me, forties opened the door. One because I had gotten my doctorate in my early forties. And that gave me a next level of artificial, what I call artificial confidence. Uh You know, our listeners have heard me say many times that it is amazing how many people think you're smart just because you have a Ph.D. Uh Um, Not true, but it means I'm persistent as heck. Right. It definitely means that because it's a system that you have to work through. But it doesn't mean you're the smartest person in the room and anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is lying. Um, But... Then 50 had its own next opening. Hmm. 60 was like, oh, yeah, I would suggest you really not come up against me on any given day of the week because I really don't have the time to put up with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And if there was a way we could bottle that for our younger listeners, because I must say I admire— what I am seeing in the 20s and 30s, you know, we're recording this right now in, you know, the month of March where it it focuses on women and the achievement of women. Yes. Okay. And in a few days, I'll have a, a, a post up about my daughter on how, in fact, I walked into a room while she, you know, right after she had given birth and she had gone back to work, and since everything was remote, you know, there she is, naked from the waist up, with each breast hooked up to a pump, working diligently on her computer, and I'm holding the baby, and she looks up and she said, someone needs to tell women that this is the look of the new working mother. (laughs) (laughs) And... I got to tell you when I told that story to a friend yesterday she started laughing and she said no she said that's one of the things I've noticed in the change in the workplace I now have bosses who will put notes on the door do not come in I will let you know when the coast is clear again women are owning their position and oh, I love that Yes and to me that. that's the boss lady right there the minute you take Back that little piece of ground mm-hmm. that says, in addition to being incredibly competent at what I do for a living mm-hmm. that pays me compensation, I have this complex life that part of my being a hey boss lady is that in fact I have learned to hold my ground in all of these
1: different spaces. Do you feel, do you notice you doing that in your life? Well, one of the things that I know that happened when I was. Uh, younger was that um, when people would come up and disagree with me or tell me I was doing something wrong or diminish me, Yeah, I internalized it and sure. said, you know what, I maybe I haven't communicated this correctly because I knew you I was assumed you made a mistake. Yes, I oh, assumed yeah. I made a mistake and I assumed it was me not communicating in you know in the best way so that they heard me because I also knew that in my heart I knew I was right. Right. And um And just like Kate, remember when we interviewed Kate? Yeah. Wow, that was the point that she
0: brought out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you say things, and they want to make you feel like,
1: "Uh uh-uh, who's the crazy person in the room? Yeah, and that happened to me a lot. Yeah. And, And particularly my job is the type of job where sometimes you do have to stand alone. Like, Sure. something's big enough that you know... You know, and just to give the audience, our audience a little background is I re- actually report to the board of directors, but I right. sit in the company. So sometimes I have to report to the board of directors, something that the CEO or the executive team would rather not have me going directly to the board about. Right, right. And so I've had to do that in times um, yeah. past. And, um it's been very uncomfortable for me sure, um, because I was alone Absolutely. in that. And I was often told by the executive team, you're wrong, you're out of line, like you had no right to do this. <laughs> and, you know, those were the times where... Well, even before I was single, I was like, well, I might lose my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right, right, right. Or I'd call my husband and be like, "Hey, I don't know this might not go well for me." <laughs> uh, but luckily those companies always did the right thing, right? Yeah. But still, I stood alone and I was I got pretty strong criticism right. while they were accepting the reality. Of yeah. they needed to do something different. You
0: know, you just you've just spontaneously brought up a memory for me about if I was to say the moments that I'm proudest of, when I would think I was that hey boss lady. Mm-hmm. So you call your husband and say, hey, this may not go so well. Um, I may not have a job. I got that call from Richard one time uh-huh. and he said, I'm going to take a stand today and it may not go well. And At the moment at which he knew that he had my full and absolute confidence in the decision he was making, and no matter what came next, I was okay with that, that to me is as much being a boss lady as any business I ever opened. Mm -hmm. That ability to stand and not be concerned about your future, but instead, instead stand next to a work partner or a life partner and say, nope, if you believe you're right in this, I'm there with you. Right, And I think that's one of the things that I want our listeners to think about in their lives. Don't worry about being, you know, the person who studies and finds the gene that helps heart transplants. Right. Think about your Although that life. Was incredible. Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> I think about I think about Dr. Valentine so much. It is That's hard. Brilliant. It is. It is. I, I I will say that I am as impressed with our guests as anyone of our listeners could have ever been. Yeah. And I still have enormous empathy for all of us. Right. Who day in and day out, moment by moment are living lives where we're called to do something in a way that, oops, that throws us off this path Mm -hmm. (laughs) really quick. And, you know, that's, you know, when I think of you, Christy, and I think of the fact that you hold, by any standard, a large corporate position, and then this is your side hustle, one of them, when you're not making coloring books, yeah. know. <laughs> you know, you uh, know, or incredible Christmas cards. You know, like mm-hmm. there, is, there are many parts of us. Right. And just because they aren't recognized with credentials or the highest part of our compensation in our lives, who says they are not the thing that raises us to that feeling of such incredible achievement that we know we're contributing?
1: Well, I find that I have to, and, and actually a, a, a coach pointed this out to me, that I need to, I get energy from changing activities. Yes. So it really helps me to have art in my life. It too. helps me to have exercise, like I'm an outrigger canoe racer. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me to, to have different things because then I can focus very intensely and then do something creative or do something physical, Correct. and it helps me be a better mom, a better leader, a better yeah. a better person, and it makes yeah. me happier too yeah. when I'm not overwhelmed. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell you, you in that statement, you just said the science is right. Oh yeah. The science of this part of the world that we're evolving into that has been around for 20 and 30 years where mindfulness helps executives you know, mm-hmm. do things, studying your value systems helps you make better decisions, going out in nature. I mean, the science behind being in nature mm-hmm. and how that helps you make decisions better. These are all of the things that you don't, quote unquote, get paid for. But doing them has the greatest benefits for what you then do, put your life into. Now, uh, you have got to share with our listeners the story that you told me today when you came in, you know, and I'll do a little setup. Okay, so we're. In the, I don't remember. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, we are. We are definitely in a, a point that even at the most senior levels of our organizations, there is more flexibility. Most everyone I work with is definitely not in the office five to six days a week as they had been
1: historically,
0: and you are in that bucket. Mm-hmm. And today, your son noticed something. So
1: yeah, my son. You know, as we were running off to school today. Um, He said, you have your mom and work voice. And I said, what do you mean? I'm always working. And he's like, (laughs) no, no, no. But like the kind of mom that actually goes into work every day. And I'm like... What do you mean? I do go to work every day. It's just not in the office. He's like, yeah, that's what I mean. the The work voice yeah. uh, was very strong today, <laughs> and I was like, well, it was true. I had to get ready, I had to put hair and makeup on. I'm <laughs> like, I didn't know it showed in my voice too. Right.
0: And there, there again, there's a perfect thing for us to be sharing that the complexity of changing those roles from mm. one to the other, and yet other parts of it staying. Uh, that, oh, the, our kids have to get to school. And, oh, today I don't get to just turn on the computer and go to a Zoom meeting. I actually have to, you know, have the full corporate uniform on in right. order to do something. And how that does come through in our voices, I think for all of us, yeah, that's an important cue. You know, I, I, th- I just think kids show us more about ourselves and who we are as boss ladies than any performance performance review could
1: ever show us. Yeah. Well, there's certainly truth to that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to totally change gears because I found this so intriguing because every once in a while we're talking and something comes out in your background and I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) And one of the things that we were talking about is that you just happen to throw out there, oh yeah, when we owned a Chinese restaurant. And I was like, what? You owned a Chinese yeah. restaurant? Yeah,
0: I, I did. You know, so in my background, I've owned a lot, even though I've always been academically driven and got my confidence through credentials. Mm-hmm. And I had a grand interest in human behavior. I've always owned small businesses, small operating businesses. Yeah, like an yeah. ice cream shop, yep, too. Uh, exactly. And the hotels. I mean, that was the biggest um, in both revenue and having 60 employees. And I was always doing that in conjunction with whatever else I was doing. But the the we were talking about my background because I do have a very eclectic background. Mm-hmm. And I have a deep love for business, and I'll talk about the corporate part of it in a minute, but the small business part and that particular um, experience, and it was a Manchu wok, Chinese restaurant, what I want to offer as my learning as a boss lady, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll start with the end, and at the end is don't let people talk you into something when your gut is telling you not to do it. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. And how many times do you, are you really sure something shouldn't be what you're doing? But there's all of these other voices. And in my case, we had partners. And there was my husband as a partner also. And we were to buy – we were actually to do 10 of these restaurants, and I was going to head them up. And as a person who loves franchise businesses – and my first business. What I know about franchising business, and in order for you to be a boss lady or any kind of boss in that, the system has to be really, really good. It's gotta Mm -hmm. be a tight system that even though you're not there, it can replicate itself. That's what makes it profitable because they're pretty expensive. All franchises are pretty expensive to get into. So we were given this opportunity for a brand new one um, that was coming out of Canada. I go to the training day one. And I realized these people don't have any systems whatsoever in place. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. No, it scared heck out of me because I do not know how to cook Chinese food, nor did I want to learn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't blame me on that.
0: Okay? I did not want to learn. And what I got really quick was, you know, with any good food, and particularly ethnic foods, there's a lot of personal innovation that the people behind the line are going to bring to it. So uh-huh. I leave this first day of training and say, we are not doing this deal. I go back to my partners, we are not doing this deal. Well, the two I wasn't married to said that I was scared, and that's why I wanted to Mm -hmm. not do it. Um, Richard just didn't wanna make anybody unhappy because our partners were our friends, and I didn't care who was gonna be unhappy. I was like, no, no, you don't understand what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, I won a small battle in it, and the small battle was instead of 10 restaurants, I said, I'll do one Uh if it works, and we all agree, we'll do more. And um, we shouldn't have even done the one. Really? Okay, we shouldn't have done the one. But what I took away from that, I do not have a recollection from that point on which was 1992, that's how important it is. Like I know exactly when it was. Uh When we transitioned out of that business and we sold it to the other partner, who one of them was in fact Chinese, um, I said never again, when I say no, it's no. Really? I don't care who doesn't like me anymore, I don't care. And that to me was that boss lady moment. Right, right. Okay, it's those moments when you finally get the lesson where the go along to get along, all the things that we may have done in our careers hits up against a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the fun part is that in that same conversation that you and I had, Mm -hmm. you actually told me a piece of information I had never, you know, I know you as the senior executive. I know you as this artistic person. I know you as a community driven person. I did not know that you owned an aviation company.
1: Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> and I had a similar experience. Yeah. Um we had a airplane business, a small airplane business. Um and mind you, my husband at the time, well not at the time, he's still my husband. Um,
0: <laughs> your first but, and only.
1: Well, not my first and only, oh, okay. but he is my o- my only one <laughs> current. now. Yeah, he's my current. <laughs> Anyhow. Um We had to, he lived in uh, New Mexico at the time because the Air Force had put him there. And so his idea was we should have an airplane business. He's a, you know, he was a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that sounds good. And, you know, and we could use the airplane to fly back and forth. And so we had a small airplane business and it started to grow. And um, it grew. And at the time there was great tax benefits to owning airplanes, mm-hmm. like yep. good depreciation. And yep. so, you know, there was some real advantageous reasons to have that. Plus, you know, I, he flew back every weekend mm-hmm. and I had at the time, like, I don't know, I think Chase was one right. or one and a half. Wow. And so I have to admit, I wasn't fully awake during this process. <laughs> just just made it through those sleepless nights. Yeah. Cuz you know, I still had my job and sure. everything. Of course. And um I kept saying to him, he was like, "Look at all the revenue we're getting from this business." And I was like, "Yeah, but look at the expenses." Right. Like the expenses are crazy. And um you know, he kept talking about the revenue and I kept bringing up the expenses, but I I have to say I really wasn't fully with it. I wasn't yeah. totally myself during that time because here I was, basically a single mom during the week, um, not sleeping well through the night. Still, working your day job. I, my everybody day job. has to hear that. Yeah, yes. and he bought you know a fourth and a fifth plane, and we shouldn't have done that. It, in the end, we we didn't go bankrupt, but we we could have. Right, we should have right, filed right, right, for right. bankruptcy. But sure. my husband is very um, has a lot of integrity and Correct. does. He believes in paying our bills. Correct.
0: So I'm married to that
1: same man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a big financial hit for us, but sure. we did get out of that business. And, and right. I don't blame him for it. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I could have had I been more with it mm-hmm. and stronger in who I was. That would not have happened today. OK, so that's the point I want to yeah. get. OK, so that's
0: your boss lady. So what did you take away from that? How are you different today in the way you work and lead, and do all those things because of that experience.
1: Yeah, I I think I just stand my ground, and I hold it quicker. Same as mine, yeah. Quicker. Yeah. And um, know and trust in myself that I'm right. Yeah. Um,
0: And, you know, what I so appreciated from that story, in addition to that I didn't know that that had occurred, this is one of the things that so many women who aren't the women we featured on the show, who I know also live that complexity, right? Where there is this thing known as the career or the day job or the devotion, and then there is the family, and then there is this, and then there are the side hustles, and then there is the community involvement. You know, I mean, extended
1: family, whoa, friends, whoa. like
0: you know, yeah, the multiple pieces. I think where we are today and with each passing age, and it's the thing that I think the younger generations are beginning to do better than we did, Mm -hmm. was make sure that the care of themselves comes first. I feel that we learned the hard way, then took care of ourselves. And I get the sense that the next generations coming up are learning to care for themselves so that they can do bigger things in their lives or additional things in their lives.
1: Yeah, I sure hope so. Yeah. Because actually, <laughs> even my husband talks about that, you know, talk about not being, but just knowing, getting what you need to sleep well. Yes. Oh, makes yes. a huge, huge difference in your life. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot now that we're way more rested than we ever were. Yeah. And I would say, you know,
0: coming off of the years that we've come off of, the we will be fools. If we don't learn and and harvest from those from 20 and 21 and parts of 22 um, already what the shifts and what they matter and how they matter and how that will help us Mm -hmm. to move forward, you know I have loved being able to just get to talk to you instead of having another person here today.
1: Yeah, it's been really nice. I know. You know, I, I so appreciate
0: it, and I know you do too, have such a deep appreciation for our listeners. I do. And I hope that they feel, as I do at this moment, that this was our way of saying, although we may feature some people who are incredible, we are collectively incredible human beings. And it is our responsibility to notice when those sparks
1: come up and then to see what evolves next. Also, I love talking, and this is why I I love interviewing all these great women Mm -hmm. and yourself, Yeah, is if... I can even help one other person have Correct. it a little bit easier Correct. than I did. Exactly, it makes it so much more worth it. I, I have got to say, doing it the hard
0: way is not the smart way. No, and we there are plenty of us. I mean, it's good to learn by mistake because I and I'm a real believer in that. But I think your point is very well taken. And um, unless there's anything else you'd like to add, I think we should close for today?
1: Well, maybe we should answer what gives us hope for the future. Oh, screw that question. You know how moody I am these days.
0: <laughs> what do we expect for the future? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. You first. <laughs> well,
1: I think I just came off a Women's Summit uh, with the, uh, the RAN, W-R-I-N. Oh, yes. At, uh, the University of um, Las Vegas yesterday. And I was taken aback at some of the statistics where we're still not where we should be as women, not Mm -hmm. getting the acknowledgement, not Mm -hmm. getting the pay equity, um, not getting, you know, those C-suite positions or those board positions Mm -hmm. like we should. It should be 50-50. Women are more educated now Mm -hmm. than the men. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, coming off that, my expectation is that needs to change. Okay and and you know what
0: i literally believe the groundwork is laid for that i, I do think too. that the spotlight the continual and it's just not women seeing it i know that in the communities that i play in it is everyone seeing it right everyone understands that if you're doing the heavy lifting you should in fact be lifted up And actually, that is my expectation. My expectation is that we did not live through the last two and a half years Mm -hmm. in vain. That in fact, some of the greatest shifts in Mm -hmm. industrialization will absolutely take place and stay whole, and that the innovation that comes forward from it will actually help us to have both the economic rewards and the quality of life rewards that the first iterations may have been a little slim on. (laughs) Well, that's a great way to end. That is, that is. So you've
1: been listening to a very special edition of Hey Boss Lady. I'm Andrea Gigline. And I'm Christy Atwater. And if you like our show, please share it with your friends.